everyday witches emerge from the shadows of secrecy. Broom closets are flinging open and witches are taking flight. Whether you are hiding in your cozy closet or flying with pride, stay for a spell as witch casting with Theodora Pendragon and her guests share magical moments, stir the cauldron and debunk misinformation and misconceptions about paganism, witches and our wonderful world of magic. Today's special guest is a children's author of pagan books. Her name's Granny Holda. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you, Theodora. You're very welcome. Would you like to talk about your spiritual path? I read on your website that it started when you were a child. Yeah, so I didn't really realize it at the time um, until much later that you know, because I grew up in a home where my there wasn't any Christianity, but there wasn't any religion. But there was a lot of paganism, and we, but in a uh, more of a nature way, we celebrated the solstices and we celebrated the equinoxes, but we didn't have any gods or goddesses or anything like that. Um, so it was really just nature based, and you know, a lot of gardening and herbs and and that, but. And then later, we, my mom and my sisters and I um, started to get interested in astrology. And so it kind of grew. But yeah, that's, uh, that's really where it started for me as a child. I also had, my dad's mother was interested in the occult, but it wasn't a positive experience for him. And so he never really talked about it. And so it took me a long time to really come to paganism because of that, because it was a, a negative experience. So. so at what point did you decide to write children's books? Last couple of years, a lot of changes have happened for me. And I mean, I think that's true for everybody with COVID and everything. Um, I had some changes in my, my work life happen. And I started to have more time to really um, dig into the some of my spiritual beliefs, and and so I, you know, I was, um, I also, you know, I picked up meditating, and I was just looking in depth into all of that, and I came upon um, the realization that there wasn't enough children pagan literature, and. You know, the Christians have done a really great job of supplying a lot of literature to their to their churches and even to this day. Um, but they've start they've been doing it for centuries. Some of the oldest Christian literature is for children. One of the things that I'd love to see is for all of us to feel able to be more open with our with our paganism or our, our witchhood or, you know, all of that. And how that happens is people learn. People are educated about what that means. And you're no longer in the dark about witches are are evil. 
we come out into the light. That happens through education. I mean, that's how everything happens is through education. So I was like, kids need to learn about paganism from the very beginning. So I just decided to start writing a series of books for very little children about paganism. And one of your series is about the Wheel of the Year. Can you tell us a little bit about that series? The Learn About Paganism, the the Wheel of the Year um, books, each book describes how Granny Hulda celebrates that Sabbath. Um, you know, the, the year is divided into eight Sabbaths, and, you know, Granny Hulda has her way of celebrating them. Um, I did draw upon my own celebrations, but some of it is also fictionalized to expand a little bit more on how people can celebrate being a pagan. There's a lot of ways to be a pagan. Granny Hulda just has one way. (laughs) That's one of the things that's actually really neat about being a pagan is there's so many ways to do it. And it's such a broad category. But it's also a challenge because I do get people who are like, you're not doing that right. (laughs) You know, um, do you get that from the pagan community? Yeah, yeah. I see people on some pagan forums doing it to each other too. You know, well, that's not the right way to do that, or that's not the right way to do that. There's so many ways to do it. And I think one of the really important things about being a pagan is we don't judge each other that way. We don't have the rule set that Christians do. You don't have to be X, Y, and Z to do it right, you know. So it's really more heart-based, and I try to stress that in in all of the books, that there's a lot of ways to do this, and they're all okay. However you want to do it is okay for you, you know. On your website, you said, raising children in modern pagan tradition is both exciting and difficult. Let's talk about the exciting part. I just love the idea of paganism is magic. It's all about magic. I mean, that's what being a witch is about too. It's about magic. Children love magic and they're, they're natural at it. And uh, I just, I remember being really, really little and, you know, playing games and imagination games and being transported into different worlds just through my imagination. So when you can do that, like openly and that's part of your religion and that's part of your you know your way of life if my parents would have given me a magic wand when i was little i would have been super thrilled you know i would have too <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's what we want i actually do 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 you ever did you ever hear of uh rabbit ears radio it sounds familiar but i can't really place it yeah, we listened to that when I was really, really little in school, and you put on some rabbit ears and listened to a story, and you closed your eyes and listened to it. This was back in the early or mid-70s, um, and it transported you to another place. So that type of magic, that's what's really exciting to me about raising children as pagans, um, is that whole. there's all that magic. They can start manifesting from a very young age, so... And that makes childhood fun. Yeah. Life's supposed to be fun. Let's talk about what's difficult about raising pagan children. Well, I'm sure it's not for everybody, but I, you know, I think for a lot of people it is. I do know 
people who were raised as pagans that are my age, and it was very difficult for them because they couldn't talk about it to anybody. There's still a lot of that everything has to be hidden because it's not safe. But for some people, they can be open with it with their kids, and their kids can be open with it with their extended families. Um, So that's not a problem. But I hear from from people um, that read my books that say, yeah, I, um, you know, I can't talk to my mother-in-law about this. Yeah, like I kind of have to put all this stuff away when the in-laws come to visit. There's a lot of us that are still struggling with that. Putting our things away is sending the message to everybody in the family that what we're doing is wrong. There's something bad or taboo about it, but there is nothing wrong with it. No. Why do we continue doing that? (laughs) Well, I mean, we do because it's still not completely 100% socially acceptable. I mean, I've shared with a few friends um, that, you know, I write books, pagan books for kids and they shrink back. You know, I've gotten that reaction. They shrink back like, huh, because they don't know what it is. You know, they don't know. What feedback have you gotten from them? I didn't get a lot of feedback from it. Mostly just that shrinking back, like, what are you doing? (laughs) You know, are you a a devil worshiper? You know, because there's still a lot of people that feel like paganism equals, uh, you know, devil worshiping or evil or eating babies. Yeah. Yeah. Have you encountered people who don't know anything about paganism and they truly ask you questions because they want to know? Well, I haven't because I don't share it in my community. I live in a community that is very conservative. Where in the world are you? I live in Idaho. I live in northern Idaho. And there are there's like militant Christians here. I'm not saying that to be hyperbolic. It's <laughs> there are militant Christians here, so I don't want to make myself unsafe. Unfortunately, that is just the the reality of the situation. On your website, you have resources for pagan homeschoolers. That's really neat because I'm down here in Texas and most homeschooling groups are Christian. And I know pagan parents who would like to homeschool their children and get them involved in homeschooling groups, but they haven't found pagan groups or pagan friendly groups. So Tell us about the resources you have available on your website for pagan homeschoolers. Yeah, this is actually a bit of a passion project for me. I'm very interested in learning by doing and learning through nature. I was able to actually teach children. Um, I worked with teenagers for several years at one point, and I, I was able to teach classes. We used integrated learning and, and we used nature as a backdrop for all of that. For me, it's just a natural way to learn is through nature. And so I love the idea of pagan homeschooling, but I also, some pagans want to keep their schooling separate from their beliefs. But there are a lot of people who want to include their pagan beliefs in their homeschooling. And there just aren't any resources for that. I'm working on it, but it's also just a hobby, so I don't have as much time to put into it as I'd like. You know, I'm I'm making it available as I can. I'm hoping over the next five to ten years to have a considerable amount of resources there so and, and keep adding to them. You could have a school textbook. That's one of the things. The education system 
you know, it's sort of exclusive. I didn't ever get a degree. Um, That doesn't mean I'm uneducated, you know. So there's a lot, there's still a lot of you have to have a degree to do X, Y, and Z. And we're all starting to bust through those walls. The whole, our whole society is busting through those walls. So um, especially with, you know, you can go on YouTube and learn whatever you want nowadays. So that all is becoming more available to everybody. But anyway, that's, um, you know, using the themes from the wheel of the year, the different times of the seasons and um, using those themes in learning. That is what I am aim- the resources that I'm aiming to provide. Yeah, just a passion project there for me. <laughs> I love doing it. And I do get feedback from people that wow, I can't find this anywhere else. Thank you so much for providing this. And I do want to teach my children my pagan beliefs alongside their, you know, reading and writing lessons. So yeah. That's neat. Yeah, I really enjoy it. So where you live, it's hard to be authentic, would you say? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I know I'm not alone in that. I'm really thankful that there are the online communities that there are for pagans and witches and Wiccans and everybody, because we don't all have a group of, I mean, I live in a really small community for one thing, but they're also very, like you said, on one of your podcasts, there's more churches than gas stations here and very close minded to anything that's woo woo or kooky or, you know, it is it is hard to be open about that. I do expect that over the next few years, that's going to become easier for all of us. Um, I just have that feeling. I do too. Yeah, I think it's going to become easier pretty quickly, actually. So I suspect that I'll be fully out of my, uh, what do you call it? The cozy broom closet <laughs> within a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, so... Do you have a pagan community up there? We do. It's really, really small, and they are all afraid. I have been to a couple of meetings. Um, Nobody wanted to even advertise when our meetings are. They're worried about backlash. So, Do you have a private Facebook group? No. We could do that, but... You could do that. Yeah. I actually think... Starting a a pagan community, I think I have looked into that and what what that takes. And, you know, there's also a lot of resources are going to be made available to schools and homeschools. And starting your own pagan homeschool should be something that everybody considers because you can get funding for that the same as if you're a Christian school. Absolutely. So I definitely have looked into that and um, considered some of my options there. But I've also had to rearrange my life a bit to make it easier to become authentic. Like Waterfall was talking on one of your previous podcasts about where your work interferes with being able to be authentic. I now have uh, rearranged my life to where I am a remote worker. I I'm a freelance writer, and so I'm not really dependent on my local community for a living, which offers me some freedom because being ostracized within your community um, when you live in a small, poor community can make it really hard to earn a living. <laughs> you know, those are real considerations. So you're your own boss now. Yes, I have clients, though, and that means you're never really quite your own boss, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. But actually, no, I really enjoy it. There's so much freedom in it. I really, I love that. So more freedom all the way around. How many books total have you written for pagan children? Uh, you know, I don't actually have a count of that. I, ha- I have a few different series. A lot of them are like activity books or workbooks. But the main series is the Learn About Paganism series. And I think I'm at 14 or 15 on that right now. They're just really short, all of them really short little books and best for like under five, under the age of five. And then I still have a couple more to write in that series. I'm I'm already planning my next my next series. Um and I'm not sure yet where I'm where I'm headed, but your wheels are turning. So my wheels are turning, yes. <laughs> I think we need more literature for a little older children. Um so I may try doing that, but it's a lot different. And I also you know, I also want to teach more about things like astrology. Little kids like Granny Hulda appeals to little children. Through that, we can teach them about things that maybe they otherwise wouldn't want to even learn about. But, you know, she's got her cute little animal friends with her in every book. And, well, one of my readers said her four-year-old told her, everybody needs a Granny Hulda. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, yeah, just adorable. So, well, maybe Granny Holda one day will be a comic strip. Who knows? I don't know where Granny Holda is headed exactly. <laughs> she definitely took on a life of her own once I created the the pen name and the persona and she's no longer just mine. She's kind of everybody's at this point. One of the things that has really surprised me in um the past year of doing this is how how many people I've had reach out to me about things that I wouldn't have even expected. Like I've had people reach out and ask me for advice about personal relationships. <laughs> like I don't have anybody else to talk to. What should I do about this? I was not expecting that. How flattering. I'm not really qualified to tell you, but <laughs> um, that tells me they trust you. Yeah. Th- well, they trust Granny Hulda. So um, I'm really excited about that. I um, That's really exciting for me. And it's been very heartwarming. Some of the readers will send their the work that their kids do. I offer a lot of free worksheets and stuff on my website and they, they download them and, and their kids color them and send them to me. So I'm like, oh my goodness, this is just so amazing. I love this. <laughs> You'll have to offer a whole coloring book. I do have a couple of coloring books. Um, they're not I've been trying to put out more and more resources, but yeah, I do have a couple of coloring books and a, and some activity books that you can color and more literature that we can get for pagan children, the, the better we will all be, in my opinion. Have you tried getting into bookstores? I haven't. My daughter was actually telling me that I should do that. And I, um, I, I just haven't. I did get my first librarian contacting me, though. She ordered the set of books for her library, which I was like, oh, yay. That's exciting. Yeah, that was exciting for me. So it's still kind of new. I don't know how long it takes to normally like start publishing a series of books. and But I'm doing this all on my own. I don't, I don't have a publishing company behind me, and I'm not you know promoted professionally. so. I don't know how long that normally takes to get that all out there. I also don't have a huge marketing budget, you know. <laughs> I'm just kind of flying by the seat of my pants here, so. Sometimes all it takes is word of mouth. Word of mouth definitely helps. 
having a website has really helped because I th- I think you said that's where you found me. I did. Yeah, I did a search and then I found you on Instagram and I reached out to you to find out if you'd like to be on this podcast because I think it's important for people to know that there are children's books for pagans, witchlings. Yeah, little witches, <laughs> little witches and little pagans. And so I also have on my on my website uh, some resources for other pagan kids books. So not just mine, but a list of a lot of different pagans kids books if people are interested in, you know, trying to find out which ones are good. They're your recommendations. Yeah, recommendations. And your website is grannyholda.com, and that's spelled G-R-A-N-I-H-U-L-D-A.com. And I will also put your website in the show notes so that people can find you. Excellent. Thank you. At Granny Hulda on social media. I love to hear from everybody. It's always very fun to hear from people. So I would encourage anybody to reach out that wants to know more, please reach out to Granny Holda on Instagram. She's there. G-R-A-N-I-H-U-L-D-A. What do you think people really like about Granny Holda? One of the things that I've been told is that Granny Holda looks like anybody's grandma. You could meet her on the street and she looks like anybody. She looks like all of us. She's wearing a little cardigan and a sweater. She's not dressed in a witch's hat. And, uh, you know, every once in a while, I'll dress Granny Hold up in different outfits. But, you know, mostly she's just dressed like you and I would normally dress. She looks like anybody. She look she looks like all of us. So she's very relatable that way. Any one of us could be a pagan. You don't ever know who is a pagan because we, are, you know, we're just starting to share that with each other. Any little grandma that you see that's dressed in a little cardigan and a, uh, a dress could be a pagan. I did get that feedback. People like that. And that's the reality. We're all from all walks of life, all professions. Paganism in even witchcraft, it's a really big umbrella. And even Norse pagans don't all look the same, you know, so yeah, there's there's a lot of different types of pagans, and anybody could be a pagan. <laughs> you just don't know. That's right. Well, thank you, Granny Holda, for being a guest on my show. All my guests are very special, and you are a special children's author for pagan children, for our little witchlings. <laughs> thank you, Theodora. I love your podcast. I'll be tuning in every episode. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for Witch Casting with Theodora Pendragon. Have a burning question or have a topic you'd love Theodora and her guests to discuss on the show? Contact her through Instagram at Theodora Pendragon. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And help us spread the word by leaving us a rating and review and sharing it with your friends. See you next time and may your magic always shine.